Welcome to Steel and Glory, where we discuss the lively world of historical fencing and everything else related to the sword arts around the globe. Returning champion, Chuck Goodwin. Chuck, say hello. Hello. Thanks for having me again. I appreciate you having me back on your show. You are quite welcome, sir. Now, we've got some really amazing, great news in the world of uh, heavy metal sports uh, and for Team USA. And Chuck, I'm going to let you spill the beans on what just happened. Yeah, sure. So I just got back uh, from Spain a couple days ago from the IMCF uh, World Championships uh, in which I competed on uh, two different events, the men's uh, 5v5 melee and the men's 16v16 uh, melee. And uh, we took gold in both. So we took uh, first place in both of those for the men, uh, world champions um, yeah. in that in that uh, division. And that, so that's amazing. I'm absolutely blown away. I'm still processing a lot of it. Um, at the same time, we're overlapping the other major league that uh, the other league uh, had its world championship in Prague, and U.S. did a fantastic job as well there. Uh, team Dominus, which is uh, the U.S. team. Uh, they do club teams over there too uh, for that. So they took gold. So U.S. took gold in that. And on, I believe in the 12v12s, they had uh, the other big event. U.S. took uh, gold in that as well. So a, and a lot of individual medals as well. Uh, women took silver for the 5v5 in IMCF in Spain as well. Um, so just a, a really dominant U.S. performance across the board in the two biggest leagues, um, a two, two big national uh, world championships. And I'm you know, so I'm very happy, very lucky. Um, I came back with two gold medals, um, which I never thought I would get. And I am super pumped uh, to share and talk about it and share the details with you. Oh, man, that, yeah. that is so exciting. So exciting. Now, if anyone's ever been paying attention to uh, the sport, the sport of Bohurt, uh it was at the very beginning that uh, USA decided to send a, a, a team, and what, what it was third place? Is that what it was? I believe so. Yeah, it was third place, um, and um, and actually one of the original uh, uh, founders, Jay Brooks. Uh, this was his last uh, international tournament. Uh, uh, on and fought with us for the, for the fives and sixteen, so we got him two golds to end his run. He's won many other medals over the years for different things. This is his last his last event. Uh, as a fighter, he's still going to be uh, a coach sure. and leader and all that, but he's retiring uh, from international at this point um, because, again, he was in the original group. And yeah. so we, uh, we got a gold medal in the two major events uh, at IMCF as far as the team events go. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's that's fantastic. Jay, well done. Uh, Well-deserved. You got the golds. And, uh, yeah, um, looking forward to seeing you in a coaching – well, in a, in a, in a more uh, organizational capacity – uh, and a coaching capacity again, but of course he's he's been instrumental in this sport for the USA um, throughout the years. And uh, so, congrats uh, again! Thank you. This Thank is you. really amazing. Um, yeah, it wasn't. We haven't done so well since that time, and you know USA, all the fighters and, and teams, the organizations. Um, you know they've just really been honing their skills, really training hard coming together and um finally here we are this was our year and uh yeah so all all the uh all the all the literally the blood sweat and tears like this is this is it so congratulations again and uh so so tell us about your experience what was it like yeah so okay, this was my first overseas tournament um i didn't expect to come away as successful as we did um you know, we uh, were able to send a fair amount of fighters over to this. We sent uh, essentially 
um, enough competitors. I'm going to speak proud of the men's side because I, I help support the women, but I don't help run any of their side of it. And they did fantastic as well. Uh, but we sent enough uh, over there to field essentially two men's fives teams, uh, USA one and USA two. Um, they made it to the bronze medal match, uh, but unfortunately did not medal uh, in that. And we sent enough for the tens and sixteens and you pretty much overlapped all those teams. So I fought on the fives and the sixteens. We had some tens sort of, and you kind of work together and meld as one big team USA. So we put aside all of our individual team, uh, banner logos and, and and culture and all that. We come one team, one country. That's the, the phrase you keep hearing the whole time. Uh, wearing our USA tabards. I don't have mine because I actually, at the end of it, I traded my tabard with one of the Spain fighters, which is part of the tradition that you'll often do. Um, you know, And what I did is I traded with one of the fighters who beat me up the most uh, in the final <laughs> round, and he did a fantastic job. So we traded tabards. I took his Spain tabard home, so that'll be hanging on my wall as a tapestry, essentially. Excellent. Um, forever, uh, because it was such an amazing event. Um, it's four days. It's a four day grueling grind. Um, you know, the day starts at 9am and ends at 10pm essentially. Um, you know, and sometimes you're fighting at all different hours, but like you're there to help the USA, you're supporting, you're going to their other events, you're carrying gear around, you're getting ready for your own time. Um, and it's all just kind of one big, uh, community that we're all, we're all working in. Um, the event was held at, we've talked about before, it's at Belmonte Castle in Belmonte, Spain. Uh, it's an elevation of about 2,000 feet, so you're basically fighting on top of a mountain. Ah. Um, you know, that's the, it's very dry. It's 90 degrees every day there. It's arid. I drank more water than I could imagine uh, in those days. Um, but it's gorgeous. It's a gorgeous place. The, the facility is amazing. I think it seats like around 5,000 people in the, in the arena. Um, and oh, over the entire crazy. event, there was, yeah. four, I was told that about 40,000 people come to town for the event, uh, because it's a huge festival built just around the fighting. There's vendors and other things going on, but it's primarily just this huge event for the, for the region, uh, to come and see the world championship. That's wonderful. That's, that's really yeah. cool. And, and what was the, uh, what was the housing situation like for you guys? Was it, did you go, yeah, just tell us about it. Yeah. So I stayed in Belmonte. I stayed within walking distance of the castle. So I would actually walk back and forth each day to my hotel. Um, I stayed in a little villa. It was gorgeous, super nice, wonderful people. We had a little room. Um, actually had a, the cool thing is it had a saltwater like grotto cave underneath it. That was a heated cave, uh, ah. pool. So, I, so I'd go there and like, you'd reserve it for an hour. So I'd sit there and like just soak my knees after a day <laughs> of walking and fighting and everything else. And, but we had um, every, every country had its own fight camp. So below, so you kind of have the, the, the castle up on a hill, you go, there's a whole bunch of steps down. There's a flat fairgrounds fighting arena with the stands and all that. A huge list, a huge fighting arena. Um, which was really unique because um, it didn't matter what event you were doing, any any melee, it was the same size arena. So oh, it was big oh, enough to do 16 on 16, but if you were fighting in the women's three on three, it was still that big. So you had to adapt your strategy to that giant, that giant space. Uh, and then you go down this hill, probably, you know, I, I want to say maybe uh, it was a little under a quarter mile or so, maybe less than that. Um, there's, a, there's an area they call Trebuchet Park. And it's full of giant siege machines. You have trebuchets and catapults and everything wow. else. And our camps were all set up in there. So every country had its own space. We had our big like medieval tents where we keep all our gear. We'd all work there. We'd stay together. We'd repair equipment and all that stuff. So you'd pretty much spend your day there. Then you go home to your sleep, you know, sleep at wherever your hotel was then come back. Yeah. Some people had longer drives. I stayed right in the town because it made sense to me to do that. Oh, I was yeah. lucky that oh, I got yeah. a room early. Um, so... 
yeah, so it was really cool. And the town is gorgeous, a little tiny. Exactly, imagine a little Spanish town to be. You know, these little tiny streets and you know, wonderful people, uh, great food. Um, you know, everything's okay. open till midnight, so you can just go grab something um, after fights. But there were some days you didn't eat for ten hours because you were just doing stuff and fighting and competing. And then it was like, find some food, get to bed, get up the next morning. <laughs> yeah, fantastic. So how many, um, how many days were the actual fighting? Uh, four days. It was a four days. Four days. Four days. Yep. So it started on Saturday, uh, at and then open and ended at um, and each day was eight a.m. I believe nine a.m. to to eight p.m. was the scheduled time. We often ran well past that till nine something and kind of got out of there around ten or eleven. Yeah. Um, but then uh, and the last day ended at four thirty with the medal ceremony, um, and then a celebration where everyone could hang out together and and get to know each other and talk and stuff. Yeah, that's that's fantastic. Yeah. Was yeah, there yeah. any opening ceremonies or something like that? There was uh, the first day, so they did do some duel, some for uh, some uh, uh, first round dueling prior to open ceremonies. Uh, they would have smaller lists. They would set up basically in four corners. They put extra rails in. So you have four different lists, and they did some of that for the preliminary rounds. Uh, but then around uh, noon on the first day was opening ceremonies, uh, which was amazing. You um, you start at the top of the castle with all of your different countries lined up with your, you know, your own tabards, your USA colors. And we processed down, um, down these stairs. I mean, it must've been felt like a thousand stairs, but probably like a hundred and something stairs. That you have this, uh, and you would walk down all together. And as you entered into the arena, you do a giant loop and the, um, you know, it played your national anthem, uh, which was super inspiring. You get all lined up and the next country would come in. So uh, I know in the melee men's category, there were around over 20 different countries competing. I don't know the total number of countries that were there overall. Um, but yeah, so it was just awesome. It was an awesome experience for, for that. That was really touched um, to be able to be wearing USA colors, representing the country and walking in and hearing everyone cheer our name and, and USA, USA. <laughs> it, was, it was awesome. Yeah, that's yeah. that's that's that is amazing. That's wonderful. I yeah. imagine it's a lot like how an Olympian feels when they when they do their thing. It felt this. It felt. I mean, it was a dream for me. It felt like I was at the Olympics. I I don't see any difference in my mind. It was, you know, to me, it was the same experience of being there for my country to show what we could do, what we've put together, and the work we've done, you know, and represent everything that everyone has worked on. Because the big thing that came out of this for me was the solidarity of the U.S. Um, the level of improvement and growth we've seen over the last few years uh, and the way that like there are plenty of awesome fighters who couldn't go or didn't go, but yeah. I feel like we're representing all of them by putting ourselves as you know, our best foot forward, as competitive as we can be, do the very best we could so that we had that opportunity to, to help represent our country. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, memorable moments. Are there some memorable moments that you could share with us specifically? Yeah, I'll share. Um, I'll share. A, I'll share a couple of the results moments. So we could talk about the fights itself. So, yeah. I mean, the yeah. first one, obviously, I think we just talked about was the ceremony. And the final one was the winning the gold medals, right? Like winning the men's fives. Um, that they both uh, fives and sixteens. Obviously, you ended the the final uh, uh, medal matches the last day, but we did our, earn our fives medal earlier, and then we had to do sixteens after that. So once I got the gold and fives, it was like a huge relief. It was like we did it, like we we won that gold. The sixteens felt like almost like a bonus. I mean, it was actually super hard, <laughs> grueling, but at the time I was like, okay, I can just go out and do this. So like that was the, the obviously the pinnacle of it. Uh, two other things personal to me and to you, uh, one to Team USA, but also one to me, is that uh, there's a tradition uh, for the U.S. team. The first 
19 who went over, we talked about the original 19, they were knighted originally. Um, and so what we, if you go over with USA now, you will be knighted by one of those knights and they pass that on. So, uh. um, so what happened after the whole thing was over, all of us goes back to their camp. We line up together in twos. We process all the way from our camp up that first hill to the arena and all the way up to the top of the castle into the castle courtyard. And there the other knights who have been to other events before line up. There's a big ceremony. You pick who you want to be knighted by. You kneel in front of there's a, there's a knighting ceremony and you're given your white belt. And the white belt is a symbol of a knight who's gone on a quest or crusade. So this to me was a really big deal. Um, the order is called the Order of the Drawn Sword. My understanding is actually a registered order um, because oh, wow. of the way that was really knighted. So we were knighted at that castle. Um, so that was un- unbelievable. Just to, and that, the thing that I love about that is it didn't matter if you won or lost, right? It wasn't like oh, the, only the winning teams because there's some people who didn't get medals. There's some people who did. So we got you know silver versus gold. You know USA over, but every USA fighter gets to experience this and be part of this elite group that has traveled to this these world championships and participated. Um, and so that me was me, for me, that was just a, an amazing experience. Um, the final piece uh, for me that was in conjunction with this, which I'll share is um, in the Knights Hall, particularly the school I train at and the team I'm on, the executioners. Um, they are one of the original um, armored combat teams in the country. Um, they've been around since all, the founding, is my understanding, because Jay Brooks started it as the, one of the guys who first went over at first group. Um, they have a tradition of, of earning your hood, where you're giving your executioner's hood. Um, and there's no, um, there's no rules on how you get this. There's no, like, you have to earn it. or do, It's the team decides that you've earned it. Um, and it's a wow. very limited thing in that not everyone who's fought as an executioner will ever get their hood or ever had it, right? I've now been fighting with the team at least two plus years, never even had a conversation about it. It's not a thing you get to discuss. Um, and as I was going up to process up for the nighting, my captain, Cat Brooks, Jay Brooks' son, uh, said, took my hat off and said, put this on and put the hood on me. So I got to wear that up for my nighting ceremony, uh, which means I am hooded, I am it's a dumb analogy. I have not found a better one, so forgive me. But it's kind of like you watch like a mafia, watching a mafia movie, and how you can be in the mafia, but you can also, and then you can be a made man. The man in, like, that's that's kind of the difference. It's like, yeah, you can be an executioner, you can be a top fighter, but then like when you're hooded, it's kind of like it's an, it's you are now there. Like they recognize that level of commitment, skill, and it's a it's kind of a few people have had it so between those three things in a day i was a mess of emotions like winning gold <laughs> ignited earning my, the hood i was like all over the place so um it was it was really it was really inspiring and really emotional for me and you know uh, kind of the pinnacle of of everything i've done um not just with this sport but like my whole life of coaching and training and doing sports and be able to rec- do something at this level just meant a lot to me that's yeah that's yeah. Amazing. So my memorable moments <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah yeah well i can see why why that would be on the tip of your tongue instead yeah. of because a fight is a fight yeah even yeah. though these are special fights yep. but just the recognition that's that is quite something so yeah yeah i i could tell it, the, the the pride is just burning inside i guess it really it's is like, radiating yeah. i could see it that's great. So I should call you sir now, Sir Chuck. <laughs> Please don't. Like I, like, like, I love the idea of it, but I... Uh, uh, um, yeah, yeah. 
Very cool. Is there a special way to to wear the white belt, or is that something that you just kind of? No, so you will find you'll see some of the knights will now wear them um, when they compete. Their 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 belt they'll wear with that white belt. I will probably not. I will probably hang it up and keep mine because I have a belt that works very well with my gear and I like it. Um, <laughs> and the white one is more of a, a for me an honorary thing, so I'll keep it hung and I'll probably wear it to more formal events. Or t- yeah. a time that I am like, if I'm coaching someone or I'm showing up to be like, like we'll have um, pretty soon here in New England in June, we'll have the Rookie Rumble, which is an event where you can't compete unless you've been um, in armor less than two years. So I'll be I'll be helping support and coaching for that. I'll probably wear my white belt to something like that as yeah. a symbol of like, hey, I'm someone you can come talk to. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of mm-hmm. what that is. But yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, that, and, and again, you can now at this point, you can go get another white. You can go get a different belt if you want it, where it was on his white. That's you're now allowed to do that, essentially. But it's just a symbol of, hey, you, you've done this journey. Um, gotcha. Yeah. So uh, I'm trying to remember you usually, well, you're left handed. So you're correct. usually on the left rail. Correct. Right? Correct. Yeah. 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 Um, and that was, so that's unique. Let's talk about the fighting a little bit. So again, we have the five on fives and the 16 on 16s was the two I competed in. The other in between was the men's 10 on 10, which we didn't place in. I'm checking my list. No, we did not place in that. Um, in my opinion, uh, while all events are of equal merit to the people competing in it, I think the fives is considered the, like the premier event across the leagues. It's Mm -hmm. kind of the perfect mix of like, you're working as a team, but it's not where if you lose one person, you can't win it. But it's not so big that like your individual contributions don't matter every single time. Right. So like that's the fives is kind of and that's also where you, every team's putting their best five forward in general. Right. Across every event yeah, and you know, locally, globally, whatever. So that's kind of the premier one. Um, I did play left rail on that, as I usually do with my team. Um as I said, we didn't go as individual teams. We went as Team USA, but the fives team was made up of just the executioners. We were that. We were the USA team for that portion. So I knew my team very well. I knew everyone I was fighting with. I knew my position. Um, so I did that. For the 16s, it was a little bit different uh, because you can basically combined between three different uh, schools as well as some mercenaries that were with us. And we were put on the right side. So I actually played right rail. Uh, on that one. So every time I'd fight, I'd flip rails, depending on which event I was doing. And that was a little different in that my shield is now on the rail side. Uh, and my hand axe, which I fought with most of the time, is now more of a blocking tool than necessarily yeah. a striking tool for a lot of it. Because a lot of big pole arms uh, in the 16 on 16. Right. you can kind of make a wall of defense and those pole arms can come over the top. Um, so it's a lot more damaging weapons in that uh, when you get that many fighters. Yeah. Now, yeah. when you were when you were on the right rail, did you did you switch up your 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 lead foot? Yeah, I did. I would tend to I would tend to switch up. So normally, I fight with my right foot back most of the time. As a lefty, mm-hmm. I tend to fight that way. I will switch up the position, but if I'm a left side, I tend to put my right foot back uh, because I'm using that. I'm almost angled at a forty five because I'm watching more of that axe coming in on my shield side, and I'm striking with that one, or I'm stepping through for a shield punch or a grapple or whatever. When I fought in the 16s, I actually almost rotated fully my back to the rail most of the time. Mm-hmm. So I would be almost against the rail with my shield out, and I was watching the other field. Because the big thing with 16s is if one flank collapses, you can get overrun really fast. Yeah. So you right. need to keep an eye on what the other line is doing, that other side, and seeing, you know, am I, am I in a position that I can take my time right now and work this group? Or, wow, we've got to make a move now because if we don't, 
like we've only got a little bit, very little bit of time till that place overrun. We've got to make decisions. So I've spent a lot of time kind of checking that side to help me determine how much action to take on our side. Um, and kind of that back and forth changed my positioning. So I was almost back to the rail a little bit, um, mm -hmm. not fully, but close. So I could use that shield somewhat and I could watch the other line, the other side of the line uh, more effectively. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Now, I was just thinking about that because, uh, yeah, you, the other way you're bound up. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this you get bound way, up. Yeah. Yeah. She'll, well, for me, it's yeah. She'll, but, yeah, she, she'll yeah, foot yeah, forward yeah. with it. She'll yeah, foot so forward it, if you're she'll foot forward is the way I was doing it. Yeah, so yeah. we had obviously the strategies changed. We have more people. Um, with the 16s, what I tended to do being that far right rail, um, my biggest concern was pole arms, anything that was really going to hurt me, right? Yeah. So I'm basically looking to block those, but I didn't really pay attention to any small weapon strikes. Like I would say a little bit out of range to in range, falchions, hand axes. I would just let them kind of hit me and not pay a lot of attention. Yeah. Um, because what would happen is as you get hit a few times, um, excuse me, people would tend to get frustrated without the reaction and they would overcommit. Yeah. Right. And once they'd overcommit, I would grab them, drag them back into my backfield, we'd close the wall, and then they would be trapped behind that backfield with, you know, five people could hammer on them or someone could throw <laughs> them or whatever. So it's almost like a somewhat like a little riot tactic a little bit on those rails. But yeah. I, I was just looking for opportunities to pull people out of their line and get them into my space. Um, and by doing that, then we could lay weapons on them and use that kind of line formation as long as my team closed that wall. Yeah. And I would literally grab a guy back, we'd drop him, and I would elbow through my team and go, excuse me, let me through to the front. And I'd get back in the front and I would, that would do it again. So that was kind of what we ended up doing a lot with the 16s. Excellent. Yeah. Well, it seemed to be a winning formula. It worked really, really well. So very, very happy with how that ended up. Yeah. Very cool. They might um, ask you to play right rail, right rail for a while. Yeah. I think on that 16, it works out well. I'm, I, I was much more comfortable on the left with the fives because of the space yeah. and needing to keep that shield in. Um, yeah. And plus my partner, Dustin, um, uh, he, him and I work really, really well together. So we were a two man team because of the size of the list, you cut, you had, you know, two on one side, two on the other, and your middle has to pick a place to go. It's yeah. not, they can't divide evenly. Mm -hmm. Our middle tended uh, to fade to our right side. So it was more of a three on two, three on three on that one side and, and a two on two because Dustin and I work really well together. I don't have to talk to him. I, he knows what I'm going to do. I know what he's going to do. So like I can tell by his motions when we're going to work. Um, and one thing my team is very comfortable with is when to leave me. So if I'm handling two people and I'm surviving, they will ditch and they'll go do something else. And I'm yeah. fine in that. Um, that even happened in the 16s at a couple points where the pole art, like I would have a few of my guys leave and I would be holding up off two or three people just trying to survive enough, but that would allow them to go do damage somewhere else to strike, to throw whatever, and then come back and support me. Um, nice. So that's a lot of what I did as a position. Um, that's fantastic. Yeah. Now, normally when you're doing five on fives and the pull arms aren't so large, yeah. how, how, what do you like to do for defense? Are you shield defense or are you weapon defense or do you do a mix or how does that work? Yeah, it's, I, I prefer shield defense. Um, uh, I prefer to fight with a hand axe over a falchion for me. Um, I find for whatever reason, uh, whenever I, you know, if my falchion is the same ish weight, I tend to get a lot more forearm, um, uh, way, uh, my form tends to tighten up a lot more with the falchion. I think I overgrip it differently for some reason. And I'm more comfortable with a hand axe. I also use my hand axe a lot more effective in grappling. I hook a lot with it. 
so I can mm, use it yeah. as a second a second hooking tool. Um, and then when it comes to damage, that striking point is much more impactful when I need to use it for me. So um, I, I don't like blocking with a hand axe if I can help it, because uh, it, it'll fold in on you real easily. I guess yeah. the better weapon, it'll still negate a lot of the force, so you're okay. So the shield is what I prefer to use. Um, you know, and every team's different. Some teams didn't come out with a polearm and fives. Some teams come out with one guy who's their polearm guy, and he's you got to watch out for him because he'll he'll lay down damage on you. Oh, yeah. um, so we had to kind of strategize that differently depending on who we were competing against and what their techniques were. Yeah. Um, I can think of one uh, match. It was the uh, playoff elimination match. If you got lost this, you'd be knocked out of the tournament. Because uh, I'll step back. Um, it was just like the World Cup where you have pool play. See if you're pool. You have to win. You have to fight everyone in your pool. If you rank high enough, you will move into playoffs. If you're not, you're eliminated. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So um, the top two teams for each pool move forward. Uh, and then at that point, there's elimination playoffs. If you don't win, you're out. If you win that, you go into, I think, one more round, which it was one or two rounds. And eventually it guarantees you into a medal position. But you have to fight out that. Right. Uh, yeah. The German team was our first playoff knockout, and their polearm guy was uh, incredibly dangerous. I'd seen him fight other people and do a lot of damage. So we knew that going in. He was on our side. Uh, so the, the main tactic was to negate him. So instead of my partner, Dustin, playing back and going for striking, as soon as the opportunity went, he went and closed on that guy and took him out of the fight. You know, took his weapon out by by getting in tight with him, which oh, allowed nice. me to take care of my one my one German and get the throw very quickly on him, which then we could double team that. And and I traded off, took the polearm guy, which allowed Dustin then to strike because he had his two handed weapon. You know, he has a big two handed sword he was fighting with. Um, yeah. Um, so like we just kind of that strategy of like when to switch and how to how to move, and that's what the working together gives you, right? Um, Dustin and I train all the time together, so he knows like when I grab a guy a certain way that like it's his turn to get off that either strike or get out of there, um, you know. And that, and we work that that kind of pattern together. Yeah, that's that's very cool. That's uh oh man, what it's really nice when when you fight enough with someone they can read you and you read them and then it just kind of works out the way you you think it does in your the the way you you're thinking yeah. it's kind of in your head. Because a, a lot of times it doesn't happen, <laughs> and it hasn't. We we've taken yeah. a lot of we've taken a couple of years to get here. Um, we had we struggled as a partnership originally, yeah. uh, where he wouldn't step up at the times I expected him to, um, and give me the defense I needed with his big weapon. Yeah. Or there were times that um, like I didn't like I, said, I didn't do my job. I didn't I didn't understand that I needed when I needed to to position differently for him. And we've been working together for two years training communicating to the point now that we're a team and we fight very you know, well together yeah um, but it's but it's progress it's like any sport you have to understand each other's language and communication yep. style and movement style and it becomes intuitive but you got to put that time in excellent that's yeah. fantastic uh let's see what what else what else and, um let's maybe i'm just thinking what kind of a link that we could put in the show notes Maybe because uh, you were looking at the different standings, maybe we could put that uh, that link if you, if you wouldn't mind getting that to yeah, me. We'll I put that in the show notes. It, yeah, yeah. Um, the live streams are out there. I'll say the link will have you can see the live streams on as well. I will tell you that the live stream recordings, um, I'm not highly impressed with the ones I've seen so far. It was yeah. it's a huge field. It's very hard to film, and the, um, and I know there were a ton of professional uh, videographers in there as well. They had like drones flying, so there's yeah. going to be more video that comes out from it. But I don't know when or what it's going to look like. So yeah, it's going to take a while. Yeah, it's going to take time. Moment. So I'll send you the, the the link to the um 
to the official site with all the of the rankings and things. So you can take a you can link that as well. Yeah, that'd be fantastic. Yeah. I really appreciate that. Uh, what are we missing, Chuck? Oh, let's talk about some of the highlights from the actual fights moments, right? So, uh, so I think yeah. the big thing that I again, I, I, I'm, I'm very, very excited to have one gold. I don't want to overstate my own contributions because it's a team thing. Um, so I'm going to talk about a couple of my highlight moments, but it's not yeah. like I you know, but it was a team event. Um, I think the biggest one. So both the men's fives and the men's sixteens, which I fought on, we not only won gold, we never lost a match, and we never lost a round. <laughs> yeah. dominate so dominate so we never lost a round we won every match in two rounds of his best Love of three it. um wow. and and the best i know the 16s were mayhem so i'm still like i have to go back and watch those like and see what everybody digs i don't even know what happened on the other side of the field sometimes <laughs> but with the fives with well, the thing that really stood out to me is that everyone had their hero moments right like nice. everyone had a moment that made a difference uh, and if we didn't and anyone had a bad round, we wouldn't have been in the same place, right? Mm. Um, the cool thing is that both finals matches were against the Spanish team. Uh, okay. Again, we were in their home country, right? So Spain oh, yeah. made it to the finals. So it was very, very intense um, competing against you know, your the, the home country. Um, they were phenomenal competitors. They were wonderfully uh, honorable, great guys to fight against. Uh, but they fought really hard. Um, and those two final matches were definitely the hardest two fights uh, of the event for us. Um, and, uh, and so I think, you know, so I think that was, that was amazing, uh, to be able to do that and, and, and be in that place, listening to people, you know, cheering for their, your, you know, your España, España, everyone cheering for Spain against the U S yeah. we were the evil empires and we've called us as a joke, the bad guys, of course we were, I mean, you're, <laughs> you're fighting against the home country. You should be, sure, um, yeah. but it was, it were awesome. Um, you know, a couple of highlight, highlight moments, um, we uh we we fought um early in the uh, the pools. Uh, Moldova was there, a country uh, a fighter from the country of Moldova, um, which is over uh, Eastern Europe uh, near next to Ukraine, I believe. Um, yeah. And they uh, they were great, but they were a newer team. They 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 were you know this was their first international tournament, if I understand as well as a country oh, wow. overall. So yeah. um, they were excited to be there. Uh, but we did have a moment where um, without getting into the nuance of the rule, I threw a guy. But the ref declared it that I was using a, a rail to support myself. Um, I don't agree with it, but that's fine. And so they stood the, the other fighter back up and told him to fight again. Um, I was very upset because I thought I'd make a very great clean throw. Um, and this poor Moldovan kid um, who just got dumped had to get stand back up and face off against me. We'd have me alone on the side of the field, which so is him versus me. Um, and I was very uh, irate at the moment. So as he, as he stood up, they said, fight. I just grabbed him. And I don't remember what I yelled at him, but it probably wasn't the nicest thing. Um, I grabbed him and I heard him squeak a little bit as I took him. I just threw him, buried him into the ground again. And I was after I was like, I'm sorry. You got the brunt of me getting mad at the ref, but I had to take it out somewhere. So I was like, the only time I got two takedowns on the same person in a fight because they made him fight me <laughs> twice. Um, so that was funny. Um Definitely had some really great moments. The Mexican team was there. They were amazing. I loved their whole attitude oh, and approach. Wow. But we, okay. yeah, so Team Mexico was there. They were just, oh, there was like, just such a joyful group. Um, but I did get an opportunity there. Uh, uh, one of them got pinned up against a rail. My partner, again, Dustin, we actually crossfielded at this point. Um, he scooped up the guy's legs. He was up on one leg where I was basically throwing axe shots to the inside of his thigh. Um, 
until he sat and I, he was great. He was happy, but he was limping afterward as he walked away, oh. all bruised up. So those are kind of the highlight striking moments for me. Um, you know, like I did get to take one of the Finnish fighters down with strikes, which is nice because a lot of my game is grappling. Um, so when I get to do that and hit people hard enough, even with a hand ax that they want to sit, I feel pretty good about it. Um, those were kind of my highlight moments um, in the different matches. And there's things that will kind of stick with you. Um, the moment I think that I am most proud of as far as a fighter was the very last round of the 16s. Um, as I told you, the strategy is pull, for me was pull somebody into my side. That was the only round where my strategy played against me and I got pulled into their side. Oh, um, I had two gra- people grab me at the same time and drag me into it. I got pulled in their backfield. I ended up basically getting held by one fighter while three polearm fighters uh, fought me. So, so, and um, I was, I actually did a, uh, uh, I took a beating, uh, but I was able to block a lot of it with my ax and move and keep myself. So that none of the shots landed super clean. Um, so I was able to stay up. And because of that, I took four fighters out of the fight for a while while they tried to hey. deal with me, nice. uh, giving my team an opportunity to clean up some other stuff and come over and save me. But I, I was told after, and again, I don't remember it because I was just fighting that that was a deciding factor in our win. Uh, was my ability to take that and survive and keep nice. myself alive. Um, and that's the Spaniard I found the, the most dangerous of them, and I traded Taberts with him afterward as a thank you because he was scary. <laughs> so there were some scary <laughs> shots, and I managed to not get hurt, uh, but I definitely got a, a side covered in bruises from him. So, oh, wow. Yeah. Um, so that was kind of the highlight from the fighting piece. I mean, the environment was just it was just wonderful. It was a really like world-class experience. Uh, to be there the arena is gorgeous the the fans were you know ecstatic a lot of cheering and chanting at each other you know um so it was very much you know felt very much like a huge sporting event which is what it was that that was awesome yeah that's amazing that's amazing just as you're telling this story it's it's so riveting just imagining yeah yeah and man yeah that that's super cool um well congratulations again thank you thank you (laughs) And uh, yeah, um, we kind of want to make this one short and sweet, but sure. uh, you know, I asked you what we were missing. I just wanted to uh, la- last call on on details. What, what what more can you tell us? Yeah, so I, think I know the, there's the, a ton to tell. There's but, so uh, much, and again, I'm still like yeah. getting all through my head with it because it feels like it was such an overwhelming experience. I mean, like I said, I traveled over there. I got there Friday afternoon is when I finally got to Belmonte. Event started Saturday and I flew out Wednesday morning. And after it ended Tuesday, I flew out Wednesday morning. So it was a whirlwind experience for me. Uh, but I'll never have anything like this again. My first time uh winning two golds. Um, you know, it's really weird to come back to my kids and tell them I'm a world champion. Right. Yeah, That's just a, a weird night. thing to say. Yeah, and a night. Like it's weird to tell people, you know, I'm back at work today. You know, I work for a college university and everyone's asking me about it. And they're like, and it's I'm, <laughs> yeah, the I'm a world champion. Like that's so weird to say about anything. Um, and a lot of work has gone into this. So I think the thing I want to add with this, and I'll add to your listeners is like, yeah. you know, I've only been doing this five years. Um, there were two, me and another fighter it was our first time overseas on, on the five team, right? There were multiple people in the 16s team. It was their first time. And like some of them have been in, you know, less time than I have and the opportunity lined up, right. And they, they did their work. Um, and they were able to face some of the best in the world and take home a gold. So if you have interest in the sport, you want to learn more about it, like find me, reach out to me. You can find me on Facebook, Woodchuck Knight. You can find me on YouTube, Woodchuck Knight. Um, and like, I'm happy to help anyone and get them started because I never thought five years ago when I started this, I would be here. 
Um, you know, and I set goals for my, like, I, I'll tell you, right now, I was talking to my, my team and they actually said, are you going to retire? Cause the way I was talking, cause I was like, I set goals, uh, goals were make the executioners, make the regional team, like win a national medal, win an international medal, uh, and earn my hood. Like, and nighting wasn't even on that list. Like those were my four and I did them all in like a weekend. It's three of them in a weekend. <laughs> and I was like, I don't even know what I'm doing. I don't know. I don't have goals now. I got to go back and like my next couple of weeks and be said, what's next for me? Like, what do I, what do I want to do next to be, you know, and to be able to do that within five years is, is, you know, unbelievable. Yeah, it probably would have been quicker potentially if we didn't have the whole COVID thing. So I don't know. So my point being like, this is a sport you can get into. And if you want to be good at it and you put the work in and you care about it, you can excel quickly and the avenues are there. Right. And, and again, that's if you want to be on the world stage, you can also be, you know, most of our school didn't go. They were at home watching the live stream and yeah. cheering for us. Um, and they're going to, and they're fighting this weekend at an event this Friday, next Friday, or next Friday, I'll be at a, a local event, you know, fighting too. So um, it's really just, you know, if you're into the idea of competing with weapons at a high, uh, highly aggressive, but friendly environment like this, there's nothing like this, right? Like it was, it was so heartwarming to fight. Team, their best they can, and after the round, and cheer for each other and talk to each other. And our language barrier was there, but it didn't matter. You seem to speak the same language anyway, um, you know. And just that that idea of working together was unbelievable. Fantastic. So I think that's what I'd say. It's like, yeah. <laughs> well, the SOAR community is proud of you, Chuck. Thank and you. I, I, and I know that your local community is too. World champion Chuck Sir Goodwin, uh, everybody. Thank you. I just had to get that in there. <laughs> I, I'm going to take it, right? Um, I'm going to take it. So I will, yeah. I'll share one other little anecdotal thing, which I think is, is funny. So I did run yeah. into some people. A few people actually followed my YouTube channel, were, were, met me. I've never met before. Uh, one was one of the German fighters. Um, uh, Severin and he actually ordered the shirt I'm wearing now. Actually, the excuser shirt. He oh, ordered cool. one to Germany and he's paid like sixty euros to get it. He just wanted wow. to support. I was so blown away by this, but he did come up to me after the event. At the event when I was there, and he looked at me up and down. And he goes, "You," he says, "You're a big man." He goes, "You're a unit," and I will never <laughs> let that die. And I'm gonna tell my wife forever. I said, "I'll be eighty years old. I'll be like a walker." I'm like, "Remember that I'm a unit." Like that's definitely staying with me. Um, so like, there's always. A interactive moments that are wonderful but um you know just it just felt so good to meet all these people that you've kind of talked to online or, or heard about yeah. um and just be this part of this big global community so um yeah i'll take it i'll take the night and the center for a while it's great uh but like i said if you want to if you want to compete or learn about this or even participate at a local level find me i'll find you your local club i've been talking with two new people this week who found me on facebook and i'll help them connect them because we only get better as the U.S. as we compete. Um, it's yep. it's this idea of the, the wider the funnel, the better we'll be. Um, and that's why we went over and dominated, because the competition in the U.S. has become so good over the last couple of years that we're beating on each other to get better, and then we go off, and no one else is doing the work we're doing. So, yeah. like, I just, I'm just so proud to be part of that um, and so proud to be able to share it with you. Yeah, wonderful. I, I You know what? Thank you for taking the time uh, to come on uh, steal and glory and uh, let us know and but yeah as you've noticed we've we've changed the name of the podcast is <laughs> that's cool i love it i love the yeah. background everything so yeah. yeah 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 i appreciate that a lot um and uh you know you you've definitely made my day today um you know just saying hey 
can can we you know when you when you reached out and I, I was glad that you did because I was going to reach out to you and you said uh, hey you know do you want to know what happened and I said hell yeah I do yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that was that was before I even knew that you guys had scored gold so yeah. oh one more thing we didn't see your medals oh I have them right here yeah I forgot yeah so I've got the two gold medals here if I can see them uh, for the IMCF they're kind of very shiny but they shiny. have all the, the information on the back for the for the events for the fives and the sixteens. Yeah, I'll tell you one thing that is a pro tip. If you ever win a medal of any kind, I don't care if it's a sport or whatever, uh, it gets you through security faster at airports. Um, they they just <laughs> seem to be like, medal? yeah, I just wear it. And then I came through and I was like, ah, yeah. oh, world champion. And they go, all right. And they just kind of let you through things. So that that definitely, like, they didn't even get my bag. Usually I'll get my, whatever I travel, my helmets, my carry-on and stuff. They didn't even check it. They were like, yeah, that's great. They let me through. So I was like, awesome. So I found out that you traveling with your medal on gets you places faster. So I might just travel with one every time, whether I win or not. Uh, but yeah, so I did. And, and I do, we do have a tradition that when you wear one, I always wear it home. So when I've won at national events, I fly home across the U.S. I'll wear the medal. But this is the yeah. first time I got to travel with something with the shiny gold uh, at this. Uh, yeah, and, and I'm very buddy. excited. So uh, this is this is the pinnacle of it for me. It's what, it, what I've been trying to do. Um, I didn't, you know, my goal was just medal. It wasn't even get gold, uh, but to come yeah, up with yeah. two gold medals, um, is really, uh, it's just, it's just awesome. Oh man. That's so phenomenal. That's so phenomenal. All right. Well, you got your work cut out for you. And, yep. uh, as you, uh, explore and contemplate what your next set of goals are going to be and all that. And, uh, I don't know, maybe, uh, maybe this is the beginning of a, of, uh, a Michael Phelps type, uh, uh, coin collection here i hope so i hope for the u.s and hopefully for me but for just the u.s in general i hope we continue to see this i think we will the, the the training and the competition and the camaraderie continue to grow there's more and more training camps opening up across the the, the, the country for people to travel to and work out there's more and more fighting events uh we're just going to keep growing and as we do like my goal someday is i hope that i'm not able to compete and I hope that, like, I'm, I'm already 40 years old. I'm not going to be at this forever. I'm waiting for the, a crop of fighters to come up. We're going to say, hey, old man, you can't do this, right? We're so much better, <laughs> right? Yeah. And it's going to get yeah. there. And that's that's we need an evolution, right, is that we're going to keep growing. And eventually, you know, it, what happens is you phase out because people are better than you. And that will happen to me. And that's the goal is to keep improving the level of competition. So maybe one day I'm saying, hey, all I, all I can do is coach because you, you young kids are killing it. Wonderful. Oh, man. You know, I'd love to talk with you more. I got to end it there. You got it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> ah, ladies and gentlemen, Sir Chuck Goodwin. I'm going to do that one more time. And uh, everyone remember to slay your demons. And we'll catch you on the next one. Take care, everybody. <laughs>